Unlock the full potential of your healthcare data with practical data solutions. Benchmarks take on new meaning when blended with key performance indicators like expense, productivity, scheduling, and patient satisfaction data. Optimize your reporting to make better decisions with PDS Analytics. Discover how at pds-online.com slash mgma. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Today, we're happy to welcome Pat Crokin to the show. Pat has earned an FRMBA, CRA, and FACMPE, and Pat is Director of Education and Corporate Communications at MSN Healthcare Solutions. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So let's just start at the beginning. What is sort of your healthcare origin story? What got you interested in the industry? Well, other than my mom, who was a nurse, um, who encouraged me not to become a nurse. So I went in a teaching degree instead. (laughs) But it was an opportunity. I think a lot of my peers uh, in radiology just kind of said an opportunity came to them as opposed to them seeking it out. I was a marketing person. Um, I was teaching advertising at the University of New Mexico and a practice manager called me who was looking for a marketing person. And so I told him I wasn't interested, but I kept in touch with students and then we met and I took the job. (laughs) So (laughs) it all started there. Great. Wow. That's a fun way. Yeah. Um, So I was looking over your background and you do have a varied career. As you said, you started out, I guess, with some marketing, you moved into radiology management for a long time. You've been a former consultant. Talk about that healthcare healthcare journey from that marketing start to kind of branching out into different areas of healthcare over your career. Well, first of all, I will tell you that I characterize myself as having more guts than brains. So there are a lot of times that I will jump into something that I'm not at all prepared for thinking I can learn this on the job. And I've learned it. But um, I'm a sampler of of different things. So I started out in marketing. And then after about a year, the executive director for that group went to work for the hospital. And the group was looking for the best man for the job to take over for him. And so I was driving these guys around to interviews. And finally, the radiologist just said, can't you just do this, Crokin? And that's how I got into it. So I had a very rapid ramp up period. I'm comfortable with marketing. I, that I was totally unprepared to be a practice manager, but um, but again, you know, I'm I'm a quick learner. <laughs> and then uh, I think you had sent me an email that you had, I guess, 20 plus years um, experience in radiology. Um, what did you learn during that part of your career? What was some uh, kind of a defining characteristic or learning point for you? Well, I discovered you don't really manage radiologists. You try to keep them in sight and and keep things moving for them and let them do their work. Uh, I don't know. I think it's adapting to the level of change that we've had that um, you really couldn't be stuck at all in your ways. Because not only was the imaging technology changing very rapidly, the the business technology was changing rapidly, too. So for, for administration, for billing, 
all of that was moving at lightning speed. Compliance dropped in. We had to adapt to that. So it's been it's been a constant and rapid change throughout my career. But it's something that always just kind of was an incentive for me is rather rather than anything that would ever discourage me. So I just kept moving on. I decided at one point I would like to be a consultant. So uh, I figured I would need a national presence for that. I set up a five-year plan, um, nailed it in less than five years, and and wow. became a consultant. So Wow. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you're talking about constant change in this industry. What's been the biggest change since you got started in the industry as it relates to right now in healthcare? What do you see as the biggest change out there? Well, the, again, the biggest change, especially in radiology, is in terms of the technology mm -hmm. and um, being able to keep everybody uh, in tune with that and keep up with it. The amount of regulation, too, has just grown exponentially. So mm -hmm. what you have to know about the regulatory side of our business can be really intimidating. And there is so much. So I would say those are the biggest change. I think rapid change is, is a constant so that if you think you're going to start in on a job and get to coast, you know, I I have 20 years of experience. There are two ways you can do that. You can do one year of experience 20 times if you're not willing to adapt, or you can do 20 years and be a student the whole way. Yeah. Well, let's flip it then. What's the biggest constant? What is the same in healthcare as when you started in your career? Uh, next week won't be like this week. So, you know, I think it's being ready. It's it's kind of like walking on unsteady ground all the time and not being afraid to put your foot down on the next step, mm. because it may not be where it was yesterday. It may not be where it was this morning. Um, you know that over a six month or one year period, you're going to adapt to significant change. You just don't know where it's going to come from. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's the, the biggest constant is the, the rate of change. And it seems to be getting faster. Okay. Well, currently, you are Director of Education and Corporate Communications at MSN Healthcare Solutions. First of all, just tell us a little bit about the organization. What do you guys do? Uh, MSN is a medical billing company based in Georgia. It is uh, The company has been around for more than 25 years, and I've known the owner for more than 25 years. We were colleagues that uh, worked on several committees together in terms of, of developing things in the industry in radiology. And uh, so we do billing and practice management both for uh, over 150 clients all across the country. We have a, about 500 employees. It's a distributed workforce, work, workforce meaning we are distributed really across the country. We mm -hmm. have several regional offices, but a lot of people like me that work as, you know, lone rangers contributing <laughs> to the cause. <laughs> What's your role as the director of education and corporate communications then? Well, a lot of it is just facilitating. One of the things that I found when I started working here was we had a rich um, source of a lot of knowledge and it would tend to stay within that department. Like you'd have a department that would do something that was just really great in terms of what they did for their employees, but it wasn't shared with other departments. And so again, since we're distributed across the country, uh, I've had the honor of getting to meet a lot of different people and saying, hey, that's really cool. What if we could we use those materials over here? And I've helped develop a lot of educational materials, both for staff and much of what I do is education for our clients, for the physicians and administrators. So it means keeping tabs on everything. I've been a writer for many years. I started out as a newspaper 
um, reporter in my, mm-hmm. when I started my career and worked in ad agencies and did all kinds of things. And so I, and I've written more than 200 articles. Wow. So a okay. lot of what I do is, is writing or I help people write, you know, I okay. help them get off the ledge when they're saying they're kind of paralyzed about it. And I say, okay, let's do this together. And, and we crank out some content. So much of what I do is writing and figuring out really how do we upscale, upskill our staff? How do we mm-hmm. keep them ready for the next things that, that's happening? And the same for our clients. We want to make sure we're, we're giving them the resources they need to do their jobs well. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest challenges then for MSN Healthcare Solutions? Well, it's a highly competitive marketplace. And so you, can, you can't rest on your laurels there for anything. I would say, is, again, keeping up with technology, um, AI is, is moving into the billing sphere so making sure that we make any of those moves intelligently and again, getting our workforce, keeping them working together and getting them skilled enough to be able to handle things. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, you have a lot of letters after your name. You have the <laughs> FRMBA, you have CRA, you have the FACMPE. You might have a few more you just didn't share with me. I don't know about that. but. That's um, it. <laughs> that's more than enough. So it's clear you've made a huge commitment to continuing education throughout your career. Talk about that and how uh, that continuing ed drive that you have has helped you in your uh, healthcare career. Okay, it's, it's helped me not only there, but in my personal life as well. So that the fellowship, the FACMPE, was something that I went for as soon as I could mm-hmm. because I didn't have a master's degree. I needed to have something that showed I had some baseline level of knowledge to physicians and working for highly educated people. And so, and I figured that if I pursued that, it would get me up to speed faster in a lot of critical areas. And so I went after that with a vengeance. Um, the CRA is through uh, an organization called AHRA, and that's Certified Radiology Administrator. Okay. And that involved, it's, it was a series of tests. And so I went through that one. And then the FRBMA is in recognition of contributions to radiology. So it's mm-hmm. more of an honorary uh, cer- certification than the others. Okay. Um, so as we were talking, the uh, FACMPE is through MGMA. You've had a relationship with MGMA for years. Talk about that relationship. First of all, how did it get started? How'd you hear about MGMA? Uh, the practice administrator before me was a member and I, was active in the state MGMA chapter. I was a state president uh, before I before he left and I joined the national organization. Mm-hmm. So I've been in MGMA for more years than I really want to acknowledge because I hate admitting how old I am. Um, not that I mind being this age, but I don't want everybody to think, oh my God, she's still working. <laughs> so I, it was, I started at the state level, got more active in it through ACMPE, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was volunteer and give back. So I've been an exam grader. I've done a number of things on that side of the of the field. Um, attending meetings uh, is is absolutely critical if you can. You know, you can't always mm-hmm. go. It was harder during COVID. It's harder for me this particular year, but I'm hoping I can get back uh, to attending meetings. But there, there's a tremendous level of resources. And I think mm-hmm. MGMA probably shares a lot of the same issues I do, how do we get people to know and use those resources? 
So that's that's been very important. But I am a pretty driven person. Um, a lot of what makes me tick is being able to learn. And so mm-hmm. I like new things. I like to, to tap all my resources. Yeah. What's a highlight or two of that relationship with MGMA? What's something you can point to that uh, has really helped you in your career? Um, boy, well, attaining fellowship. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I would really encourage anybody to go along that pathway because it's, there's a lot of aggressive stuff that goes with it. Other than that, some of the speakers I've heard have been really terrific. I ended up buying some of the books Mm -hmm. (laughs) from from speakers. And uh, I think just being involved and getting to work with some other people. I've been able to do less over the last couple of years. But but again, it's it's the sheer resource base that you have. Mm -hmm. I see that you've got a, a very nice bookshelf behind you. I wish our listeners could see that. Do you have some favorite <laughs> books that have inspired you over the years? Oh, it's hard to say. I, again, I'm, I'm going to sound really OCD with all of this, but I'm pretty disciplined in my reading too. I have a, I set a book goal each year and I get to read fiction, which is like getting have, getting to have dessert. And then I have a certain number of other uh, books that I read that are nonfiction. I'm not sure I, I have a favorite, except that there's one called How to Fail. Ooh. How to fit? It's by Scott Adams, the guy that, that does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember how if it's how to fail and until you succeed. It's an outstanding book. Very okay. funny. <laughs> I'll not, look th- not impressive literary uh, stuff. Well, I'll look that one up and I'll be sure and put that in the episode show notes. And just for the heck of it, what about a fiction book? Do you have any classics or anything that have uh, inspired you? I do. My favorite book for many years, and I haven't read it in, in probably about five or six years, is Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm-hmm. So I probably first read that when I was in college. I reread it several times. But I'm also, lately I'm hooked on assassin books. So uh, Jack Carr is one of my favorite authors. He's the one who wrote Terminal List, which was on Prime not long ago. So you should watch okay. it if it was there. But, so I've read all of his books. Once I find an author, I read all of their stuff. Right. Well, I used to remember the beginning of uh, Slaughterhouse Five. It's been a minute, but Billy Billy Pilgrim gets unstuck in time. I think yes. is uh, some version of the uh, at least a paraphrase of the beginning, yes. and that is yes. a pretty brilliant, brilliant book by Kurt Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. Um, final thought, then. Um, what's something you want to share with our listeners? Um, you know, some some final thoughts on being a healthcare leader, what th- what that means. You have devoted your uh, career here um, to healthcare leaderships. What What's something you could share with us? Well, I'm going to sound like a boomer, which I am. But I think, uh, you know, when you make a commitment to what you're doing, make sure you actually do it. So a mm-hmm. lot of it is having good follow through. For younger members, I would say really work on your communication skills. One of the ways that I was really fortunate over the years is that I had a good baseline uh, education in in writing. Mm -hmm. And so and that was honed by some of my uh, pre radiology experience years. But I think, again, work on that, that basic skill base. And I'd say study things like change management, stress management. Um, all the kinds of things that you're things that you're facing uh, and definitely communicate with others in the industry. 
I haven't met anybody yet that if I asked them a question, they were saying, well, I'm not really willing to tell you the answer to that. <laughs> Pat, it has been a joy getting to know you. Uh, this is part of our member spotlight series at MGMA. We really want to get to know the MGMA members. And I want to thank you for uh, appearing on the show. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Member Spotlight Podcast. Thanks again to Pat Crokin, uh, Director, Education and Corporate Communications at MSN Healthcare Solutions. And as a reminder, if you want to appear on the Member Spotlight, just let us know. Reach out uh, to Ask MGMA. Uh, it's on the MGMA website. We would love to have you featured on the show. So in our episode show notes, I will provide direct links to points of interest that uh, Pat and I discussed today, including Slaughterhouse-Five and the Scott (laughs) Adams book. (laughs) So thanks again for listening and for being a part of the MGMA Podcast Network. Join us at the Leaders Conference, hosted by MGMA, powered by you where top minds gather to accelerate the success of ambulatory care and medical practices. Join us in Nashville, October 22nd through the 25th. Register today at mgma.com slash leaders. <laughs>